Hello, and welcome back to the Marist FCA podcast. On this episode, we are joined by John Vogt to delve a bit deeper into faith. He's a good friend of mine. I met him. I'm not out there much. On the same mentally basketball team. But John also is very involved at Christ Covenant Church over in Midtown. And, you know, he's very passionate about his faith. So, you know, I'm really excited to see what he has to share with you guys. Do it over, John. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Yeah, like, uh, like Bobby said, Coach Bobby. Like Coach Bobby said, I play on his men's league team. Quick story about Coach Bobby. He hit eight threes in a playoff game and had four and ones to lead us to the victory. It was an amazing game, and uh, I'm just thankful to be out here with Marist. I'm going to be interacting with y'all some, so be ready to answer some questions as I go along. We cool? Y'all ready to listen? You up there? Y'all ready? Let's go. All right. I'm going to read, y'all should have a paper. I'd like y'all to follow along as I read through. We're reading out of Philippians 2, and I'm going to read right now verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any tenderness, and if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, to make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is the word of the Lord. We say that at our church. All right. What do y'all think of when you think of humility? That's where we're starting. What do we think of when we think of humility? Can anyone raise their hand? Give me a definition of humility. My guy. What's your name? Wesley. Wesley. What do you think of? Being humble. Being humble. Okay, being humble. So what is, what is it to be humble? You. What's your name? Grant. Grant? What up, Grant? What you got for me? Yeah, not to make yourself known, not to, to take too much credit. Uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to get into the definition of humility. That's, that's a good answer. Appreciate that, Grant. We're going to get into the definition of humility. But I think this passage that we're going through is going to tell us a lot about what that truly looks like. And my hope today, if y'all take one thing, one thing from me speaking right here, right now, it's that you see what true humility is and that that can only come through a relationship with Christ. You can see what humility, true humility is, and that only comes through a relationship with Christ. Cool? We listen, we're ready, we wake. It's, it's early in the morning, we're, getting, we're waking up. I had a cup of coffee right before this. So to show you that, I'm going to show you three things. First, what is the foundation of humility? Second, what is the action of humility, and third, what is Jesus' humility? So first, foundation of humility, second, action of humility, and third, Jesus' humility. 
Cool? All right. First, what is the foundation of humility? I'm going to read through verse 1 again. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. We hear if, if, if in that. Who is, who is Paul, the, the writer of Philippians, who is Paul speaking to? Does anyone know? Anyone? Grant, my guy, okay. He's, so he's, he's actually speaking for the Philippians. So the book of Philippians is written to the Philippians. All right, so, so this book, right, the book of Philippians, the stuff y'all are reading right now, was a guy writing to a real people in a real time in history. Like, it's not just something we read and we don't, it's just out in space. It's like, this actually was a written thing that someone is writing to a specific people. We tracking with that? Okay. All those schools called St. Paul, they're named after this guy, right? Okay, so Paul is speaking to the Philippian church. So as we read this, if you are united with Christ, he's speaking to those united with Christ. He's speaking those, to those who take comfort in Jesus' love. He's speaking to those who have received the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to Christians. So as we read this, the foundation of humility, the foundation of everything we're about to go, go into is if you are in Christ. If you are in Christ. The foundation of everything we're about to go into is the gospel, the good news that we've been saved from our sin and that God has brought us into relationship with him. In Ephesians 2, 8-10, it says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's by grace, by the grace of God, y'all have been saved and brought into relationship with God. For me, I grew up going to church. I actually grew up in the Lutheran church. I went to some private schools throughout. Uh, growing up, I'm a military kid, so I went to like, I was homeschooled, I was public schooled, I was private schooled. I had great parents who raised me to know all the right things, but I wasn't a Christian. I didn't know Jesus. I wasn't walking with him until sophomore year of college when this guy, Miles Fidel, my pastor in college, he, he preached this message and he said, it is an all or nothing proposition. When you give yourself to Christ, it is all or nothing. There's no in between. Because God has given us grace to walk with him. And we need to take faith in that and give ourselves wholly over to that. In fact, Jesus tells us that to follow him, we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Y'all know the cross was like this object of torture, right? That's the crazy thing about the cross. It was an object of torture that the Romans used to torture people. And Jesus is telling people before he even goes to the cross to take up your cross and follow him. 
It's an all-or-nothing proposition. We give ourselves over to the Lord, but He's gracious to us even when we sin, even when we fall away, even when we're living for ourselves. I, 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 and here's the thing. I don't know y'all. I know Bobby, but I don't know any of y'all. I have no idea if you're a Christian. But I would urge you to ponder, like, have I received Christ? Have I repented for my sin and turned to God and received the grace of Jesus? Have you pondered that, that we can't do enough? Like, I can't do enough, you can't do enough to be made right with God, but because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, I can be made right with God. That by His grace, we can be justified. And we need to think about this because it's forever. It's, it's an eternal thing. And I don't, I don't say this to like scare you, but I think it's the truth. And, and I think we need to think on these things because eternity is at stake and God has given us a way to come back to Him. And if we don't start, so, so what I just laid out to you was the gospel. Gospel just means good news. It's the good news that we've been redeemed from our sin and brought into relationship with God and that we'll dwell with him forever. That's the gospel. If we don't start with the gospel, everything I'm about to talk to you all about, the humility piece, means nothing. My actions mean nothing outside of Jesus. The words I'm about to say are for nothing. Like y'all could just stop listening if... if, if we don't start with that truth of Jesus. Are we tracking? We awake? All right, cool, cool. I saw a head shaking, shaking now. <laughs> All right. Now, if you're in Christ, let's look at humility in action, which all flows out of being made a new person through faith in Jesus. I'm going to verse 2. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Who, who knows who C.S. Lewis is? Y'all know Narnia? Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah, okay, that guy. He wrote this, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. He also wrote a lot of other books. He's awesome. C.S. Lewis is dope. Uh, he is a very helpful quote to define humility for us said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So again, I'll say it. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. So we're going to look at pride, false humility, and then what is true humility to help us with this. All right, for pride. Who's heard the phrase, take pride in your work? Take pride in your work. Your coach, I'm sure y'all coach your you're all athletes, like your coaches have definitely told you all that, right? I think this is a good phrase. I think the, the heart of this phrase is good, but I think it's the wrong way to think about things. I think we're too small to work for our own pride. Like I said, I'm a military kid. I've lived in Hawaii, Alaska. I've lived all over the world. I've gotten to know people all across the world. The world is huge. There are people living their lives who do not give, who do not care one bit about what is going on in my life. If I work for my own glory, I'm way too small an object to work for. If I work just for myself, it is way too small. And, I, and the thing is, like, I'm going to fail. I'm up and down like this. I'm a roller coaster. Y'all are roller coasters. Like, people are 
fickle. But, 1 Peter 4.11 says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God so that in all things, God would be glorified. Guys, God is worth taking pride in. St. Paul, in a different letter, he says, the only, like, the, the, if we take pride in anything, it should be in God. When you work, when you fail, God is still standing strong. God has still sent Christ. Christ has still finished the work. God is worth taking pride in. So when I work, let's do so for God's glory, not my own. Because I'm too small an object. I'm too weak. I'm too helpless. Honestly, all of us are. And aside with this, you know the person who every time they get a compliment, they reject it. Like, like let's say Bobby scored, had that, those eight threes, and he's like, nah, nah, it wasn't that good. It's like, nah, bro, it wasn't that much. Bobby hit eight threes and had four and ones. Like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like, there, there is something to where that is a sense of pride. It's a false humility. That's, that's not humility. Is is rejecting the truth of, like, what was accomplished. We can say yes and thank you to people, but we give God the glory in doing so. Cool? We understand? We're tracking with this? Cool. All right. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. There's a humble pride. Who's heard the phrase, I'm trying to stay humble? I'm just trying to stay humble. Anyone? Can I get some hand raises? Have y'all not heard these phrases? I just might be out of touch. I don't have Instagram. I don't know all these things anymore. All right. I've said this myself at times, but the issue with this statement, I'm just trying to stay humble, is you make yourself the object. And you're equating yourself with humility, which if we think that thinking of yourself less is humility, I'm missing the point when I'm, when I'm telling people that I'm trying to stay humble. Right? And we're going to get into what humility is right now. So what is right humility? What does this look like? If we look in the passage, it says, be like-minded, have the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Humility is unified. Humility is unified. So, me and Bobby play in this men's league. We, we actually won a championship this year. It was fun. I, I didn't play like crazy, but we won a championship. Right? I was part of the team. When we look to play as individuals, and this is me using sports, but when we pl play as individuals, we're not looking to the best interest of the team. And usually, like there's a guy who can go and score like 15 points, 20 points, 30 points, but if he's just hogging the ball and his teammates aren't scoring at all, it might be, you know, 75 to 40, right? And you're not gonna win, you're not gonna achieve anything. Humility brings about success. Because we're looking to the collective, we're not just looking to our own interests. Humility is unified, seeking the well-being of the whole group, of the whole team. Humility is also selfless. It's not looking to our own interests, but to the interests of others, even counting others as value above yourself. 
which I think is so, so counter to what we might think humility is, right? Tells us to look to our own interests. Society is always telling us, look to yourself, look to yourself, take care of yourself. Look out for you, do you, right? I mean, I hear that all the time. I mean, that's just humans. Like, we look to ourselves naturally. We look out for number one. It says, counting them as greater value than yourself. So, so my role at our church, I, uh, I work with our local outreach. I try to help our, encourage our church members to engage in these spheres. Um, so we work with homelessness and, and refugees uh, in Clarkson. There's, it's the highest population of refugees in a square mile in the United States. Uh, we work with communities that are, that are lower income. We have some people who went out to Clarkson, Georgia. There's this community. It's like a third world country. It is crazy. And we, we have these girls who, who were, we would go and clean up and build relationships with the residents. And there's this lady, Deanna. Um, and Deanna was squatting in one of the apartments, broken down, there's rats everywhere. Uh, she was homeless. She was a prostitute for 30 years. And these girls, these girls from our church, they went to Deanna and they, they started to care for her. In fact, they looked at her interests as greater than their own. They would, they would spend time with her. They went beyond just like going for a serve day. They, they would go pick her up on a Saturday and go get lunch with her. This was the first time, this lady was 50 years old, first time she had ever gone out to lunch with friends in her life. Deanna actually, she, they shared this story. Deanna passed away last week. Um, she just had so many disease from, from her time uh, as, uh, in, in her career. Um, but the point I'm trying to get at is that these girls, they humbled themselves before this woman, Deanna. And in her last month of life, Deanna came to know Christ and came to have a relationship with Jesus and recognized that she was forgiven for all the sin that she had committed and that God cared for her and she turned from her sin. She turned from her ways as a prostitute in this last month before she passed away because they humbled themselves and served her. And so to be humble as a Christian is not to look to your own interests, but it's to be a servant. It's to lay your life down for the sake of others. We still with me? So why would I do this? Why would I, why would I look out for the interests of others? Why would I humble myself? Why would I be a servant for others at no gain for myself? For you, if y'all are having a losing season, why would you look out for the interests of your teammates? When things are going against the wall, nothing's going right, why would you do that? Why would you try to love your family while your parents are getting a divorce, you're going through the ringer. Why would you look out for, for others' interests, your siblings' interests, when, when you have no benefit? Why would you care more about the well-being of someone who might have just broken your heart than, than your own well-being? Why would you care that that person, that the Lord cares for that person? It's because of God's grace. It's because God served us in Jesus, and when you are in Jesus, when you are in Christ, you cannot, guys, I didn't know this until, like, I didn't come to know Christ until sophomore year of college. 
you cannot help but love and care for and place others' interests before your own interests. I know that's the bell. I'm going to try to wrap up quick. Two minutes. All right. We're going to read real quick through verses 5 through 11. It's because Jesus did the same thing when we look at Christ. And your relationships with one another have the very same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus made himself a servant, guys. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. If the King of England came here right now and said, I'm going to be a janitor. First, the King of England's here. That's like crazy, right? We would be all be in all. I think there's a King of England. I don't know what. Yeah. Um, and said, I'm going to be a janitor. In fact, after your, your basketball games, I'm going to wash your feet. In fact, I'm going to lay my life down for you right here. Think, think of how much greater God is than any king. God created everything. And the fact that he would even become a human is insane. But he did it because we fail time and time and time again, and we reject God time and time and time again. That is true humility. That is how we find humility, is when we look to what Christ did and not to ourselves. Because of the strength of Christ to come down and dwell with us, to love us, to die for us, to be with us, to bear our sin on the cross, and we we see that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Guys, I can serve others because I know on the last day when I die, I will be raised up with God and I will be here with Him for eternity. So what happens to me right now is of less value. I will get to dwell with God forever and it will be the sweetest thing in the world. And so I can humble myself. I can walk with Christ. I can walk serving others. So, I'm going to finish the quote and then I'm wrapping up. Right here, right now and forever, we can dwell with God and we can be humble because of that. St. Augustine, he's this guy, he's a saint from like 400s. He said, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek him, the greatest adventure. To find him, the greatest human achievement. Look for that achievement. Look for God and come before him. Can I pray? Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your love. We thank you for this day. And I pray that we would uh, seek your face and come before you and honor you with our lives, knowing that, that Christ has paid the burden for our sin and that we can have relationship with you 
because of this. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If y'all Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like this episode, please be sure to like, share this episode with a friend, and tune in again soon for our next episode.